life on the road. It's bees, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and bees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Those days are yeah. those days are over. Yeah. Which I'm glad about. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you're glad about it too. Yeah. I mean, you know, now, I mean, we're, you know, just doing records, do, you know, uh-huh. even the, the, the studio that we have at side one, we're able just to do so much, you know, interviews with people. I had a band in last, uh, yesterday, this band called So So Glows from New York. They came in, you know, you're able just to set up some mics. They recorded. Awesome. And, and it sounded, the recording sounded as good as some of the records we released 20 years ago oh, that we spent great. way more money on. And I was like, do we really just do this in 20 minutes and it sounds this good? It was, it was really cool. That's I like awesome. It. Yeah. That's the part of technology I like. Yeah. That's perfect for your mic right, right there. there. All yeah, right, yeah, cool. yeah. All right. Great. Hey, yeah. thanks for tuning in to Road Stories, everybody. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano. Finally, a warmer day than it has been here. You know what? Cold front coming in from Alaska. That's what I read. Oh, really? Yeah. More? I, that's what I heard. I was freezing my ass. I went surfing yesterday morning. It froze my Tell, ass Where did off. you go? Uh, I just go right down at the bottom of Ocean Park right here. Wow. It was awesome. Are I, you rocking like a 4.3 or just a... Yeah, I just broke out the 4.3. Yeah. I broke out the booties today. Yeah. Oh, my, God. My feet to. were numb after the session yesterday. Yeah. So, um, and it's always the worst when you're taking the booties off. And I don't know about you. I always like break my thumb. Oh, yeah. You're just trying to get it off and your hand's so cold. It's so numb. You can't, you don't know, am I taking it off? Right. Uh, suddenly your thumb is touching your elbow <laughs> and you're like, what just happened? Rest of the day ruined. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then you've got that chill to the bone yeah. all day. I oh. remember one time I, I, it was so cold. I got to my car and I have a key on my wetsuit around the ankle. Yeah. And I, my fingers were so numb. I couldn't get the key out. I had to lift my leg up, get, open my car door with my leg in the air, get in my car, turn on the heater and warm up for 10 minutes. But you know what? You know, you said chill to the bone, you know, just the best feeling though, all day long. Oh yeah. Feeling that way. Mm-hmm. You already got your physical activity. I mean, yeah, yeah. and I don't know about you, but I mean, I, for me with surfing, when I'm in the ocean, and I've always been, it, cold's never bothered me because right. I grew up in Santa Cruz. Oh, right, right. So we just grew up, like, it was always cold. You yeah, know, yeah. August, you, you could be in a 3-4, you know? If, sure, sure. If, if, if the right swell came, it's going to bring cold water or warm water. But uh, I remember, um, I, I, I love that feeling. You get up. Uh, you're out there, you're surfing, and and you're 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 like heading home at like eight, and everyone's still getting up. Yeah. It's so like you don't even. I already surfed, and if you get a couple waves, even one, in being that it's L.A. and it's sure. packed with a million people, even that one ride that you get stokes you. Oh yeah, all day. Oh yeah, or you stumble on something like yesterday when it was supposed to be flat. Yeah, but something hit, a windswell hit. It was like three to four, wow. four people out. Ah. And then word got out, and like 45 minutes later, it was yeah. packed. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, hey, uh, first of all, uh, big thanks to Whitney Madison uh, for giving the shout out in USA Today, the best honorable mention, best podcast of 2013, uh, up there with uh, Howard Kramer and Who Charted and Welcome to Night Vale. So I really appreciate that, Whitney. If you're listening, thank you. Uh, I'm a big fan of your article. I read every morning uh, the Pop Candy blog. It's I check the surf report and I read pop candy and check my email. I do it every morning. So Whitney, thank you so much. That's got to feel great though. Getting that right. It was good. Cause I didn't know it was going to happen. I wasn't, I didn't know she was going to 
mention it or anything and it's nice to know that she listens to it so it was good to kind of wake up to and see that and everyone uh that like when i saw it you know obviously i'm on you know i get like you said you get up in the morning you, you do the emails you check uh the facebook yeah, yeah. i saw that mentioned on there for you and i was like wow and a lot of likes too i'm throwing that out there for oh thanks yeah. man oh, i a lot appreciate of likes. that yeah it's always a bummer when you have something great like that happen and you go hey check it out you know got this from cnn yeah, yeah, yeah. Excited. and it's like four likes but then you put something up like, told this guy to fuck off at the store. 75 <laughs> likes. There's a kitten on a Roomba. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Saved someone in the water today. Two likes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Told the guy, I hate him. 500 likes. <laughs> I hate him too. Tell yeah. me that. Yeah. I saw him there. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to have you here. I haven't even introduced you yet. We went off on a rant. Um, this is great. I'm excited. Uh, 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 I'm going to say, I'm going to call you this. I don't know if this is all right punk rocker turned comedian i would say that's 100 percent right okay i'm not right saying you've that. turned your back on the punk rock because no. you haven't because you still own side one dummy records absolutely um joe my day job man joseph <laughs> joins us also hosts uh nationally syndicated complete control my, yeah is it nationally syndicated right well you know i mean we're on would it be is it national if we're on in five different cities is yeah considered fuck it. okay cool yeah. unless they're five cities and no Town, we are Pasadena, Mar Vista, Santa Monica. <laughs> no, we are... Because you're uh, up in Portland. I was up yeah, in Portland earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Portland. We're, Portland was the first station that picked us up. Oh, great. Yeah, the, awesome. Um, the people up there, Mark Hamilton at KNRK, uh, grew up in the Bay Area. And when I was a kid, I used to listen to him on the radio, mm-hmm. which was a trip. And uh, when I started doing Complete Control Radio, there was a station on in L.A. called Indy 1031. Oh, I remember that, yeah. yeah, Hardwick had a show on 1031. Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, Steve Jones. Oh, right, uh, right. It was amazing. Steve Jones, Sex Pistols, Henry Rollins, Black Flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Navarro, Jane's Addiction. That's right. Dickie Barrett, Mighty Mighty Boston. Yeah, yeah. And then me, which was like, what's wrong with this picture? Right. the thing that doesn't fit. Boom, me. It was so insane. Um, The program director was uh, this great, crazy guy that Uh just, he was so... Um, willing to give people freedom on the air. Oh, that's and awesome. I was working with Dickie Barrett at the time and I would go in there and we'd have meetings about the morning show and just kind of hanging out. And one afternoon, the program director just said, hey, you know, why don't you do a show here? And I was yeah. like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, when would, when would, like, what kind of show? He goes, do anything you want. And I'm like, okay, you know, let's do a show that's like encompasses like old school punk rock, but it's not like a throwback like K-Earth 101. Sure. You know, and new school punk rock, you know, bands like the Menzingers, Dead to Me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, and let's put it all together. And then let's also make it really like lifestyle based. Like, you know, yeah. we're going to have, you know, a pro skater like, you know, I've had everyone from Christian Osoides mm-hmm. to Dwayne Peters to like surfers, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. To, to motocross riders. Like, let's just yeah, encompass, yeah. you know, the lifestyle, the, whole culture. the people, That's great. bring the bands in. And it started out as just like, let's, you know, let's see what happens. And that's that's ten years ago. We're oh, in that's the tenth awesome. year. And because I do radio at Side One, I'm the guy that uh, goes for the cold call. Like, hey, we got this brand new band dresses. Sure, you should play them. They're cool. Check yeah, them out. Yeah. What do they sound like? Got a good relationship with those type of people throughout the years. Because Side One's turning twenty. We're gonna be twenty years. Oh old. wow! Right. Yeah, starting next year, which is crazy. Um, I have to amend my uh, uh, statement earlier. Hardwick did not have a show on 1031. He had it on Y107, which yeah. was in the late 90s. That was a different yeah, one. So sorry uh, about that. I remember we were pretty small staff, and I would have remembered seeing him. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I was going to say, though, was um, the, thing, the thing that was great, though, with, with doing the radio show, 
was it really gave me an opportunity to you know get in those other markets but mm -hmm. what it really led to was the whole comedy thing oh yeah interesting because you know i'd go on the air and and we we took back then we take a lot of phone calls you yeah, know? yeah. So people would call in they'd love that uh and right now you know the reins are so tight on all that stuff they don't you know it's like you can only talk a certain amount of time for my show i'm pretty much they let me pretty much do whatever I want. well that's good but the thing that was great was i would just tell stories you mm -hmm. know and uh at a certain point someone said hey you know i love your stories you're, you're funny you should do a moth and i was like oh okay what's that and then i went down check that out and and you know i kind of was like wow i like that i'd like to try to do something like that and right around that time period just a random thing um matt besser at uh ucb sure was doing you know they do the ascat show yeah, yeah he randomly sent me an email he said hey man listen to you on the radio you got great stories could you come down and you know be our guest on an ascat show oh awesome i didn't know what that was right right and and for your listeners that do know it uh they know how amazing it is sure and for anyone that doesn't is basically you go to this theater it's a sunday night it is jam-packed and some of the best improv artists ever like ever. you're like you're like because I was like, improv, is that funny? That night, like, stomach ache. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, just how did this even happen? I would tell a story, the improv troupe would act it out. Sure, sure. Amazing. Ask Cat's a great, but great that's show. That's where I totally got bit. Oh, awesome. I was like, whoa, I want to try to do something like that. And that was about, that's five years ago. And I just, at that moment, I, you know, I was I was like, well, how can I get involved with this? And uh, I had an idea for a one-man show mm -hmm. that, like, I would tell stories. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, how could that work? And then... Uh, I'm I'm weird in the sense that like I've saved like so many photographs. Oh, you have? I have. I wish I did that. Dude, I have so uh -huh. I have photographs, and it's weird because now because the internet, too, you know, you get like yes, the other day, we will. The thing that it's weird and it's also sad because I get these photographs of me with the worst haircuts ever, like <laughs> long blonde hair, which I have like eyebrows that are like caterpillars. That are, right. You know, it's just like you know, it's just ridiculous. Right. You know? And my son will just be like, "Oh my god, like dad, what hat do you have on?" I'm like, "That's my hair." You know? <laughs> so you know, stuff like that. You know, but the thing was, I saved all these photographs, so I came up with this idea. I'm like, you know what? I want to do a show with like the photographs I've saved. And I started, I met this woman and we kind of started talking about different ideas. And I came up with a show called California Calling. Mm -hmm. And that show was, that was the show that basically, that show really got me the opportunity to get on stage because it allowed me to go on stage. I had these photographs with me and I would tie in stories with the photographs. And basically the whole show came all together where this one particular day, December 27th, 1981, uh -huh. is the whole grounding of the show where that day, changed my life and put me on the path for the next 30 years. Like this moment you and I are having, sure, sure. Uh, you know, anything in LA, meeting my wife, working at side one, starting side one dummy, going on tour with the Ramones, social distortion, all that. None of it would have happened without this particular day. Right, right. So I tied in this whole show with that. I started doing the show. It started out with like 22 photographs and now it's gotten up to 60. Uh, Flanagan at the Largo. Sure. Saw it, which I was like the Largo, like well, I've been there, you know. I've seen right, that. right. And he was like, "Mate, come down, you know, do the show here." And I, I, he started letting me get up there, and that really led to like doing that show for a while. And I then I'd watch the standups, you know. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was doing stand-up. Sure. Like, I'm like, I'm doing stand-up, right? It's funny. And Flanagan's like, mate, you're not doing stand-up. I'm like, I'm not? And he's like, no. He's like, I want you to come down here next week, and you're going to go in the small room for 30 minutes. So this is New Largo, not this Old Largo. This is New Largo, okay. yeah. And uh, the one down there um, on La Cienega. Sure, he sure. Goes, um, he goes, you, you come down here, you have to go up there for 30 minutes, but you can't bring any of your photographs. You can't bring any of your, you know, Flanagan did this? Yeah, Flanagan Really? Said, he's like, you can't bring okay. any of that stuff with you. And I go, okay. And he goes, and I want you just to go up there and just do your thing, you know? 
And I'm like, okay. So I went down there and I remember, you know, it was a little, it was a little small room, which I love. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, yeah. you know, a bunch of friends came out and I got up there and, you know, I did 30 minutes of this and that, and blah, blah, you know, kind of had some kind of rough idea and I got done. And I remember I walked back over to the sound area and he goes, mate, you just did, you know, you just did stand up. <laughs> awesome. I, I did stand up. I go, that was stand up. He goes, yeah, that was stand up. It wasn't good, but you just did stand up. <laughs> I'll spit my coffee. And I'm that sorry. Was, that, was, that was the beginning of the road trip. That's and, great. And then at that point I was kind of just like, I kept doing the one man show and but I re- I was really I was really just as a kid I always just loved comedians. Awesome. So I was like storytelling's cool, but um you know I don't want to just talk to people about how I love skateboarding yeah, and yeah. black flag. Like people dig that, but I also want to see if I can make someone that's just shown up in Irvine, California, and they have their chicken wings in front of them, sure. their drink, their wife. They don't know anything about me. Yeah, they don't. You know, there's there's only ten minutes for me to try to get them to know me and sure. try to build a relationship. And that, and that was the big challenge of like trying to find material that would connect with a person like that. I'm glad we can be friends, even though I hate black flag. <laughs> You're not a fan of flag. I never, I'm more never? not a fan of, uh, of Henry Rollins. Not and I know he's Rollins. not the original saying yeah. I know that whole story. I'm yeah. just, I've referred to Henry Rollins several times as, uh, the hipsters, Ryan Seacrest. Oh, okay. Okay. I've never heard up, that. He just shows up everywhere. He's on every documentary. He's got an opinion about everything. Yeah. Anyway. Um, he, I, I will say this. You know what? Oh, and, 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 and I, and that's I, as a, no, not personally. I've never met him. I've got and, a, and I'm going to tell you something right now. I can tell you something right now. And I, uh, cause I can't, I've met him and we've hung out and he's and he, and I'm not just saying this because we are, I don't like Henry and I aren't like friends. Like, Hey man, like let's go you yeah, know, yeah. work out together or let's, you know, like do a show together. We're not like that. But what I will say about Henry is this, is that, um, every encounter I have had with Henry, uh, when we did the Ramones 30th anniversary, uh-huh. and he, you know, we asked him to sing, not even hesitation. Oh, nice. he, he was All amazing. Right. Um, when I started doing, uh, st- when I started doing spoken word, mm-hmm. I sent him, uh, some of my stories, just like, what do you think? And he hit, and he hit me back such a great email. And Henry's, like it said, this is a great medium for you. Continue, Henry. And I was like, medium. <laughs> like I know what a me. I have right. a communications degree. I know what a medium. <laughs> I was so psyched. But I will say this is that um, I can see why he gets that thing because he is everywhere and anywhere. And anytime mm-hmm. they need a quote on some type of music related issue, they they or punk rock especially they yeah, go yeah. to him. He does it. But um, all my dealings with him and every time I've crossed paths with him, he's been nothing but totally cool and um and and just and 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 just cool, very right. cool. Singers of Black Flag, um, you know, and if he was sitting right here, I would say, You're not my guy. Right. Keith Morris. Sure, like, sure. Like Keith Morris to me. When I was a kid, you know, you know, and when this, you know, when the circle jerks mm-hmm. came together, um, you know, it was like, I, I, you know, I was a, fl- I knew about Black Flag and of course Keith Morris being the singer. Sure. But when he started circle jerks, I was just like, that was group sex was my, that's like my blueprint for my accountant was the, Oh, Keith. Yeah. The drummer. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Ripping drummer mm-hmm. and good with the numbers. Oh yeah. He gets this good deal. Do you go to, he uses your account? Used to, you know what it is? I, I knew Keith, like when we were in bands, uh-huh. it was like, Hey, you should have Keith do your accounting. Um, but we crossed paths, but he's oh, okay. not my account. Speaking of emails, uh, yes. as uh, most of my listeners know, I usually like to have one or two comics on here. So having a punk rocker turned comedian, I thought, wouldn't it be great to pair him up with comedian turned rocker, Greg Barrett. There you go. And so I shot Greg an email. Greg's been on before. We're old friends. And uh, he sent me back this email. Damn, I'm in Denver. 
I love Joe. Plus, you'll find Joe is all you need as a guest to sweater up. <laughs> so, high praise it. from Greg Barrett, Greg's the comedian turned rocker. Yeah. And so, his band's good. The Rainy Monarchs? Can I oh, tell yeah, you right yeah. now? Can I tell you right now? When he, when him and I became friends, mm-hmm. we, you know, we did some shows together. Uh, for the whole time when I started doing stand up, everyone was like, oh my God. You, like, people would come up to me, comedians. Oh man, you and Barron, man. Yeah. You know, we, how long have you two known each other? And I was like, I don't know who, who's Barron. <laughs> and they would, Greg Barron, Greg Barron. And you know when someone's so much telling you about someone that it kind of bums you out? You're mm-hmm. like, you know, fuck Greg Barron. You're like, I, who's this? Right, guy? right. I'm, I'm listening to, you know, Spotify or some streaming thing. And all of a sudden this guy gets on there and he's telling this story about a chain wallet and not being able to get in. I'm laughing so hard. I go and I look <laughs> at my, my phone and I go, I look and I go, Oh no way. Who is this? This guy's cool. Greg Baron. Baron. And my friend goes, dude, that's Greg Barrett. And I'm like, that's the guy. And he goes, that's what I've been telling you. Yeah, yeah. So we became friends. But, uh, the, the thing that when he hit me with his music, I was like, Oh my God, like, yeah. is it going to be like, Great bro, bad band. I mean, that's like how many you know. You have a lot of friends. Oh sure. Oh my god. You know, and comedians. Yeah, great bro, bad guy, not funny. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I'm the example of that. Joe Sib, love him. Not funny. Nice (laughs) guy. Uh, The the um, he tries hard. Um, He's got good heart. Yeah, he's got. I love when he's on stage, man. He's just trying so hard. (laughs) Uh, The thing with Greg's band, he gave it to me. Didn't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. He didn't know that I love surf music. Oh yeah. Like I. Like I grew up with this show in San Jose when we were kids. It was the Saturday night surf set and, uh-huh. and it was on KFJC. I think it's even still on there. And that was what as a punker, as a kid growing up, like, you know, you, you turn on the radio and you're like, Oh, surf music. That's cool. So you drink some beers, get ready to go to the gig. And, um, when he sent me the record, I listened to it and I was like, this is really good. Then he yeah. sent me another song, gave me the whole thing. And, um, so impressed, went and saw them play live and they deliver the goods. It's a good time. It's yeah. like, you know, it's you, you can't help but when you're listening to that music, sure. smile. Oh, yeah. And plus, Greg's just a great guy. Yeah. But, I would, you know, I didn't know if the music was going to be good. It's really yeah. good. Um, so now I, I have to ask the the general question. Yeah. Um, this will probably be a lame question. What's the biggest difference? And it's so blanket, like, <laughs> you know, you know it's coming. So what do you find different between doing stand-up and playing in a band in front of an audience? I mean, that's so wide open of a question. I don't, I'm kicking myself. For no, no, right no. Now. You know what? It's not a lame question because it's, it, you know, it, it, that question, because a lot of people ask me like, why would you even want to go from being in a band to being a comic? Cause you like, know, all comics want to be rock stars. You know what? And, and I think, I think for me, I encourage stave, stage diving at my show. Nobody yeah. ever does it. I, I totally agree with you. I think that when we do a show together, you will stage dive. I will catch you. All right, we, that's how I want our show to end. <laughs> we can end this podcast I'm gonna today. I'm going to feature for you. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll get Frank in here. And yeah. we'll get him. We can do stage dives with him all day. Oh, well, I'm not catching that little bruiser. <laughs> uh, you know what it is? The, the thing was is this. When I was a kid growing up, like, I, like, like my dad and my mom had this great record collection. Music mm-hmm. was such a huge part of our life. Like, I can I have. They say that the you know the two biggest senses to bring back a memory are sense of smell number mm-hmm. one, and then hearing a song. Oh, okay. For I me, didn't know the second part yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah. For me, um, for me, I hear certain music, and I just know where I am in that point in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, uh, I grew up in this little Santa Cruz beach town in the mountains, mm-hmm. and my parents um, played music all the time. 
And they, it ranged everything from, say, the Beatles to Jerry Vale, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, mm-hmm. you know, because they brought that, you know, they were from the East Coast, sure. Irish Catholic. So that was part of the part of the upbringing. But then also, you know, Jesus Christ Superstar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they Ray Charles, um, you know, uh, Bob Dylan, the Beatles, Eagles, you know, a lot of music that would be played at our house. A lot of jazz, too. Like, yeah. You know, and, and it's funny because recently my dad just gave me all those records. So I'm breaking them out at the house and just playing oh, awesome. rec- I mean, seriously, playing records that Jim Croce like when I was a kid Jim Croce I, I mean I was the other night I'm sitting there and I'm putting this record on had some wine my wife my kids were all hanging out this Jim Croce song starts coming I start crying and yeah. my wife's like what's wrong and I'm like I don't know and then I realized I haven't I haven't heard this song since the last time we heard this record it was probably 30 years ago oh wow you know, it was insane yeah, yeah. so for me though the other thing that he was sliding in there though was comedy mm-hmm. and the one record that he you know when you're a little kid you you know you, you know now it's the internet for kids or whatever but you know you see that image and i remember it was the george carlin live at the santa monica civic mm-hmm. which were like probably walking distance right right um, which one of my all-time favorite venues saw social distortion there stiff little fingers golden voice uh, 30th anniversary never shows. been there oh, amazing and they amazing. just released the david bowie ziggy stardust ziggy from stardust. there a few yeah, years amazing, ago amazing venue um and it's like a, it's just it's a venue that's so not for music but so great right right um and george carlin show live from santa monica was there it was the seven words mm-hmm. and on the cover you know i'm looking at it as a kid and you know, if for the people that have seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. For the people that don't, I'll describe it. It's George Carlin, long hair, yeah, no shirt. Yeah, he has a denim jacket on, opened. He has the hippie kind of, um, you know, Levi's on with mm-hmm. leather boots. He looks like a rock singer. He looks like he'd seriously be in like, you know, Creedence Clearwater. Sure, you know, sure. You're like, whoa, who is this guy? Yeah. And I remember looking at it, and then I I was remember listening to the record, and you know, he's saying the F word, mm-hmm. which was cool. My dad was letting me listen to <laughs> right, it. My dad right. was a linguist. So it was all about how George Carlin was about language mm. and, and the barriers and how one word can mean this to some people and how one word can mean this to others. And why can you say this and why can you not say that? Right. My dad loved that. And I remember uh, listening to this record, and then then what hit me was, is this really one guy making all these people laugh? Is this really one guy creating that energy with the audience? And I, right then, I think like subconsciously, I was like, that's fucking awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to try that someday. Yeah. And then I went on with, you know, the rest of my life and, you know, m- you know, went from, you know, those records mm-hmm. in my parents' music to discovering Black Flag, Super Jerks, Ramones, The Clash. And that to me was the next thing that like the first punk rocker I ever saw, I'll never forget it. Uh, You know, it was a kid at the skate park. My dad dropped me off and this kid, these five kids came in and they had like the jeans tore up with the combat boots. Uh, One kid was wearing like the long green overcoat. Um, I remember one kid had like a skinhead with like a bandana. Uh Other kid had a mohawk. And they, when they came in, everyone in the park stopped skating like 30 people on this like huge, you know, massive place. And they just watched these five kids walk and they, they went and they stood and hung out behind one of the big, uh, the big bowl there at the keyhole, the sit Winchester skate park stood up in these, like they had these stands and they went up into the stands and now everyone's like, Whoa, look at those five dudes. And they were smoking. And I was like, (laughs) fuck, that is gnarly. And and there was this weird thing. It was like, I, I couldn't stop looking at them and they weren't even doing anything. They were, I didn't, know what i was like i'm like like i didn't know what music was i was like well those five dudes 
are dressed. I don't even know what's going on, but I know that those five people are making such a heavy impression on everyone in here. And some yeah. of the dudes that are skating are like gnarly guys, but they're like, who are those dudes? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one of them busted out the ghetto blaster and started you know, playing like the germs mm -hmm. or like 999. And then all of a sudden at that moment, that was the first time I ever heard music that wasn't my parents' music. Right. Because up until that moment, I thought like, like my parents listened to ABBA. Yeah. I thought, I thought Dancing Queen, that's mm -hmm. a jam. Like I, I was like, cool, YMCA, Village People? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No problem with it. I just liked, you know, they like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So at the first time when I heard, you know, that music, it was, it was, it was like whoa. So like comedy and punk rock for me kind of hit me at the same path. You know, to go back to your question, like what's the difference? I mean, being in a band, you're on stage with five other people, yeah, or four other people, um, and that's a great feeling. You know, it's like you're up there and you're going through your moment. Um, and when it's connecting the audience, you know, in my case, you know, the way that the audience would show their love for the band is stage dive, sure. coming up on stage and wanting to sing with you or, you know, you know, the, the pit, the energy. I love that. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, I love like, you know, when I was a kid, like, the live show is just everything to me. Um, as a comedian, you know, when, when you're up there, I can't help but think of comedy as me. It, it, I still, I have a music mind. So mm -hmm. like jokes to me, I write them like songs. Like, okay, here's my verse. Here's my verse. Uh, the punchline's the chorus. I got to mm -hmm. get to that chorus sooner than later. Uh, if the chorus is really good, maybe I'll hit it again. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, I don't tell one liners. I tell stories. Sure. I, I, you know, I've had to learn, you know, quick that in punk rock, it's, you got, it's short and it's fast and you got to get to the point. So with the storytelling, you cannot, you know, continually, uh, go back and forth on this huge adventure with the audience unless there's a huge payoff. Yeah, and, yeah. and with stories, you know, you can have a story that's three pages long, but it'll work on stage when it's a paragraph, you know, yeah. like you, you pare it down. Uh, so the punk rock, I think songwriting thing, um, really works well with that. Uh, the one thing I don't like about it is I don't like the traveling and I loved, you know, you roll into the club and you got your band with you and you're hanging out and you're joking around before and you got the beers and, you know, and, oh, that was rad, you know, or, or, you know, if the show didn't go well, you're like, fuck them, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like in comedy, you are, I mean, you know, you're alone. Like, yeah. There's no hang time. There's no like, you know, like you're at the, you know, it, it's like there isn't that. And then obviously when you get to the show, if you're on a show with people that, you know, you're friends with, you hang out, you know, sure. but for the most part, you know, you, you, you kind of, it, it is the, that part that I don't like where you're alone with your thoughts a lot. And for yeah. me, that's a, that's a heavy thing. Cause I just start think I'm like, you know, like I start thinking about shit I shouldn't be thinking about. Right. And then I, you know, there's, there's nothing, you saying that there's nothing better than, and I will use this example. And I, I know I've, I've had Kyle Kinane on this show before. Love Kyle. But I was rolling through Sacramento on my way up to some gigs, and I stopped off to do a guest spot at uh, Laughs Unlimited, and I walked through the door, and Kyle's featuring. And I was like, oh, thank yeah. God Kyle's here. Yeah. You know? And I was yeah. like, and then we just hung out and drank beers all night, yeah. and then before I took off for the next day. I mean, that I really, yeah. that's the kind of stuff. I, or running into him in an airport. Yeah. Ran into Ben Glebe at the airport, the, you know, that. coming back out. And so it's, it's that kind of like... Yeah, it's lonely sometimes, and it's and it sucks now with you know, especially with Frank leaving Frank. Oh, for, I can't. That's I mean, you know, the, that's the hardest thing for me. Before kids, yeah, I go away. I mean, oh, I yeah. toured. I toured from the time you know I was uh, Karen and I, my wife and I've been together twenty, you know, twenty two years, twenty three. I mean, forever. We've been together like they, when the football helmets. We've been together for so long. They used to wear leather helmets, no bar in front. That's like how long, <laughs> like. Ben Franklin was hanging out when right. we got together. He was at our first date, kite in the air. Um, uh, he I was always the, the third wheel, that yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> always the third wheel. But like we've been together so long that like, you know, I toured the whole time we were together. Mm -hmm. 
And I didn't stop touring like religiously in a band until I was 33. I'm 46 now. So right. I've only really been home, you know, 13 years. You wow. know? But with comedy now, when I, you know, if I'm like, oh, great, I'm going to go and do shows in San Francisco. Oh, great. I got asked to go to Chicago. You know, I, my, I'll be on the phone with my wife and, and she'll be like, Joe, you've called three times today. And, my, <laughs> and this is how great, how lucky I am. She'll be like, no more calls. Can you please go and have fun? Like, oh, nice. Just go. Go to the club early. Hang yeah. out. Go get some beers. But don't call here anymore because you're there now. And I'm like, okay. you know. But uh, yeah, it's just that moment being away from your kids and you're like, yeah, it's a weird thing. Yeah, it's, it's hard right now because my wife's working full time on a movie. So like she can't, uh, I'm going to San Francisco, San Francisco Sketch Fest. I'll plug that later. Awesome. Uh, in fact, but she's like, oh, we'll come to that because she's going to be off. So now, and Frank's about the age where he can start enjoying things. And they're going to take care of you. They're going to give you a great room. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be like, yeah, good luck on every, you know, like yeah, that, yeah. That, the, at a, all the comedy festivals, like Sketch Fest, man, that was the first time I ever got invited to do anything from Janet. Got to give a shout out to Janet. Oh, Varney. Janet Varney. Love her. You know what her, you know what I sent email to her about? Uh-huh. So I, everyone was like, you should try to get on San Francisco Sketch Fest. You're from the Bay Area. It'd sure. be great. Janet's really cool. I'm like, I don't know who Janet Varney is. Mm-hmm. I went onto a website. Information Sketchfest. They had already, the submission date for your material had already passed, like by a week. Uh-huh. So I sent an email to her that said, the re, 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 you know, regarding, and all it said was, I know I am lame, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And it was like, I know I'm lame. I was supposed to get this material in early. Here's a clip of what I do. Uh, hope you dig it. I'd love to be a part of the festival. So then she hits me back. Hey, it's Janet Varney. I'm one of the founders of the festival. We'd love to have you. Let's work out some details. Awesome. But the regard was, I know I'm lame. For some reason, I've never, we've only corresponded to each other for the last three years with regarding, I know I'm lame. Like I won't, <laughs> she's even said to me like, you know, let's start a new year. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I still wanted to say, I know I'm lame. Dot, dot, dot. That's all. No, she's awesome. As a matter of fact, she, uh, I was supposed to do it th- three years ago and I couldn't cause I had to go to New York yeah. and then the following year I forgot. And then this year she's like, don't forget yeah. you're coming up. Yeah. So, uh, so I she's did awesome. Last, I did it in 2000. Uh, I did it this year, 2013 and I did it in 2011 mm-hmm. and both shows were at the punchline and they were one time I got a, uh, with Rob Delaney. Oh yeah. I know Rob's a good yeah. friend. Yeah. Yeah. God, that was amazing. He was great. It was like, right. Like he was just like blowing up. Like, yeah. It was like, it was like just ha- like that night, like he was getting in the rocket ship to take off. It was amazing. It was great. I uh, I got a little bit of a history with Joe Sib, which I don't think he knows. Uh oh, um, something sketchy. No, it's okay. Uh, was Jägermeister involved? Like maybe for me. I don't okay. know about okay, you. Here we go. Oh no, I only drank Jägermeister one time, and we played Jägermeister ping pong. Like if you missed Did a you point, miss? oh, you yeah. had to do a shot, yeah, and I suck at ping yeah. pong. It was horrible. I've yeah. never touched it. That's again. a trip to like AA rehab. Yeah. the following week, <laughs> you gotta look up David Tell's bit on yeah. Jägermeister. It's incredible but you played in a band called wax yep and you played a show at del taco parking lot yeah that's how we got signed and that's how you got signed yeah yeah i remember i was there were you there yes how were you there i had just gotten into town and i was hanging out with these uh, la kids and i say kids because i was like 22 or something like yeah. that. yeah what band uh no they weren't in a band they just all well you know what they were there were a couple of them were straggler band guys but they were more kind of like in the uh heavier side okay and then um and then after that, years later, I worked with, you know, hey, this is name drop time. <laughs> I worked because you were in a band with Loomis. Yeah. And uh, he kind of got into the jackass scene. Yeah. Dude, he's the original jackass scene. Yeah. 
he well i worked with pj dude Cl- pj and i yeah pj was the part of the crew that we god that's crazy i didn't know that pj is part of the original crew that all moved to la like, yeah okay so you might have been here for this okay so pj is johnny knoxville yep um i worked with pj at a restaurant here called chin chin okay for years and we used to live up on franklin and, and did you uh and at that time he was going out with deb yeah right? yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah. i'm right before on. the kid yeah before or maybe just yeah all right. So yeah. this is, so he's not Johnny Knoxville at this point. He's still PJ. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So I get fired from that job. Uh, I lose touch with people, run into him. I get another job at a restaurant and, uh, we somehow, we start playing football on Sunday afternoons Okay, and I suck at sports. My listeners know I'm not a sports guy, but it was fun. And it was like four on four, two hand touch. So we roll over to the park one Sunday afternoon and we're playing football and there's a guys playing softball. And uh, I know it's PJ, it's Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that guy in a while. So I walk over and I'm like, yo, PJ, what's up? And he's like, hey, man, how you been? I'm like, good. He's like, hey, we're playing softball, but our other team didn't show up. And I said, oh, well, we're playing four on four touch. You guys want to come over and do it? So we played eight on eight, two hand touch, which quickly turned into full contact. Those guys played so cheap and dirty, <laughs> but like not in the, yeah, yeah. Me- I still have scars, literally still have scars on my knee. We they just walked out of blood. Game. It was at a, I want to say uh, that park on Willoughby. It's on Willoughby street. That's the park. It's on Willoughby. Cause yeah. Jack handsome Jack, who's part of the, ha- uh, part of the, the uh, jackass crew. He lived, he lived in an apartment that's legendary. That was right. Like right there. Like mm-hmm. you walk, you drive down Willoughby and he, his house was like the last house behind before the park. Oh, so they used cool. to always play behind there. And it yeah, was like yeah. Beers, Sunday, baseball yeah yeah Yeah. so that was still one of my favorite still one of my favorite days of just and um, for somebody who's not into sports it was a lot of fun just yeah and then i remember going to work that night not even be able to lift my leg (laughs) (laughs) sticky just all burnt and beat up and bloody and yeah and gross but uh, it was great then uh, i then not johnny knoxville blew up and i hadn't seen for years and i had him i worked on ridiculousness for the first two seasons and we had him on so it was good to catch up with him again i hadn't seen him since he really blew up yeah so he was always, you know, uh, PJ Johnny was he was just always like he was one of those guys like it was a, it was a weird like when I moved to Los Angeles and I met the guys in Wax they were mm-hmm. all from Chicago and I moved to LA I only God damn Chicago yeah, again I, I can't knew, escape Chicago I knew like two people I I knew a handful of people that lived in LA but it was pretty spread out so when when the original guys in Wax were looking for a singer and I was a singer you know we started it, it, we met mm-hmm. and it was this weird thing where like. I went up to their pad and when I walked into their apartment, it was, you know, Loomis and Soda and Dave, the guys that would end up being wax. And then this guy named Jack. And then when you're hanging out, you know, for beers that night, this Mm -hmm. guy would come in named PJ. And then, uh, at the same time this, you know, these other dudes would come in and they were like, they like had long dreads and that was white zombie. And then you're hanging out and these little nerd dudes show up and they have like glasses and little jackets and that's Weezer. So all of us were just, we were all hanging out together, but none of us had formed any of those, you know, entities yet. Like yeah, you yeah. Know, Weezer wasn't Weezer yet. Uh, White Zombie was because Rob had moved out here and the band had moved out here. But we were all in this building, just living together. And there was this common area down in the in like a basement area where they had like a pool table, mm-hmm. a weight set. You know, it was one of those kind of apartments like first rent, first month paid for free called yeah, the yeah. Mar Vista with some neon light. You're like, this is awesome. <laughs> and they'd put like six dudes into an apartment. People, people would live in the kitchen. People would live, uh, not in the kitchen, like a little dining room. Three people to a bedroom. There wasn't a living room. That was someone's room. So when right. you came over, you were always like, you're never sitting on a couch. You're sitting on someone's bed, like yeah, you're yeah. in someone's world. And I remember going down a lot of times to 
we would hang out on Friday nights because we were, you know, just kids that had moved to Hollywood. And I remember one night, uh, you know, we're shooting pool, the wax guys, the white zombie guys are working out with weights, mm -hmm. literally bench pressing and like we're drinking, smoking. And then the Weezer guys are hiding over in the corner, just like <laughs> looking. And and that would be how a night would start, you know? And they'd be like, all right, what do you want to do? And then like the Circus of Power guys, move. it was crazy. But you know, you don't, you don't think any of that stuff at that moment is you know everyone's going to turn into who they turn into right right but um I, you know it was it was crazy because i just i moved here at the right time that's awesome it was a great time in music too yeah yeah that's great so uh switching gears back to stand up i have to ask this okay worst gig worst gig um i always say it was oh, man you know what i god man i mean all of them no um <laughs> god worst gig you know what i have to i did a show at the punchline once where um i was doing california calling mm -hmm. and i had music cues the guy in the club was like when i showed up you just like you know when you show up and you're like whoa like how much weed have you smoked today like, yeah, yeah. like this guy wasn't like kind of baked he was like he, like i'm like and you know weed nowadays it's like you're on mars oh yeah yeah forget he, it. I, I was like you know you're gonna like i know physically you're here but mentally can you maybe be here for the show <laughs> but he you know he was he was like yeah bro i got you handled and all my cues went to shit place was packed and it was one of those moments like it wasn't my worst this is the only reason i always go to this gig was you know when you get done doing something for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you know, when you walk by the door and people are leaving at the end of the night, you know, people make eye contact mm -hmm. with you. You know, some people get you, some people don't. But for the most part, you know, out of a room full of 200 people, you know, you'll get a percentage of people like, hey, Murray, hey, man, I really liked your set. That was yeah, good. Yeah. Thanks, man. Keep doing that. You're like, okay, little fist bump. That's cool. That night, I fucking stood by the door. <laughs> Three, Murray, 300 people walked by me. Not one would make eye contact with me. Ooh. Not one. Ooh. Like, not even like a like a like. I saw their eye look at me, and they look away. Like I don't like whatever is going. Like you, you are so shitty that I don't want that to go in through my eyes into my heart. <laughs> like I don't want. I don't want to. You know, like when you, you know, when someone's like, I'm weird that way. Like when someone gets sick, and like, and they're like, yeah, you know, I just got over, you know, having this, and you're like, really, and I'm like, I don't want to shake his hand because I don't want to fucking get oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like bad luck. Like yeah. you're, you know, this week I got in a car accident. So how you been? I'm like, fuck, I'm not shaking that guy's hand. I don't right. want car. Accident. I don't want to. I don't want to get rear-ended. I don't want or skating. You're like, yeah, you talk to the guy. He just broke his hip. You're like, fuck that. I'm not inviting him to come yeah, with yeah. us. Like, I, I knew people in the audience were like, that was so bad and so shitty for so long that I don't want it to get in my body. Like, I and I, and I remember my wife goes, honey, it wasn't that bad. And I go and I at the hotel that night. I'm like, what are you talking about? 300 people fucking didn't say one word to me. And she goes, yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> I'm not laughing at your pain. I'm no, laughing you know, because and, and it's happened to all of us. And you know what sucks? Going back to your original question is that when you're in a band and I'm going to tell everyone what bands do, they have that same show, mm -hmm. but there's four of them. Yeah. So mentally, they blame each other guy for why it was so shitty. Oh, really? It wasn't me. It's fucking drummer. Guy's dude, fucking, the guy was rhythm guy's was off, man. Oh, yeah, dude, I heard it dude, too, I mean, right? I mean, dude, the reason it was so bad was our singer. I mean, what dude, is wrong? Did he lose his voice yeah, earlier today? What's going on I don't with understand. him? I mean, it wasn't me. Right. He smoked I mean, too many cigarettes. Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, come on. That's what happens when you party too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they all say that individually in their heads, but then when they get together, like, hey, man, let's just let it go behind us. Let's yeah. forget it. Tomorrow night, Seattle. Fuck San Francisco. We're going on. <laughs> Where reality is, is San Francisco was a really good show. You were just a shitty band that night. You know, right. It just happens. But with comedy, 
you you don't have anyone to blame. Yeah. You know, you're you you have to you literally you have to look at yourself in the mirror and go, okay. And then you you know you you break out that cassette that you break out your iPhone or whatever device you use to record it. And I I don't know about you, but you you go to push play on it and you're like it's it's listening to yourself bomb and and then and once you can get over that, then if you're real with yourself, which I'm I I'm the hardest guy on myself. I'll be like I'll literally I'm weirdo. I'm like I'm in my car. If you saw like if I'm listening to a set, I'm driving in my car on the ten or one thirty four, going you fucking suck. What do you think you're doing? You think you're fun? You're not even fun. Okay, shorten that joke because that take that joke out. That's, yeah. that's 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 stupid. Oh, you're talking about music. Fuck your music. You know, like I'm so harsh on myself because that's the only way I you can fix it right. to make the bit funny i think you know and uh but like i said you don't have anyone to blame except yourself that's I even, the part i hate i even listen to myself on good sets and go back and listen oh. to it and it's still not as good as i remember it, you know it's like oh is, well, yeah because yeah. there is that moment when when you when you you know and um, you know you throw that thing out there and it hits and to art to my ears it's so loud yeah but then on the little iphone it's it's like two people laughing it didn't feel like that why didn't they mic the audience didn't they know i was taping this on my iphone (laughs) why didn't they spend the money for the mic i found myself once i remember i got a i remember the long beach laugh factory Uh, okay if you you want you know we'll give you an audio cd and dude literally it was just my voice talking right right and i and i go to the guy go and i had to ask him i go is is the crowd you know those cd you gave me last time i was here is the crowd mic like oh yeah 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 why (laughs) why did you get some big laughs i'm like oh totally yeah i just just didn't know if you guys doubled the crowd because it was pretty it's pretty happening you know irvine improv used to have a great system to record what happened i don't know i don't know I, I'm telling you, I have CDs from there that are amazing. Yeah. Like, like the opposite feeling. Like it's, and it, sorry for everyone. We're going to do a surfing analogy right now. <laughs> have you ever surfed trestles? Oh yeah. I love trestles. Okay. When you get done surfing trestles, do you, when you're walking back up the trail, are you like, I'm a pretty good surfer? <laughs> Cause how many waves do you get there? Yeah. And they're perfect shape. Yeah yeah. 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 It's like when you go to Hawaii, you're like, I've stood more on my feet or a trip to Mexico. You yeah, surf yeah. so much that you're like in LA, it's like, you know, you go for the morning session, two waves, you're stoked. Right, you right. know, Mexico or Hawaii, you'll get so many waves. You're like, Whoa, I actually know how to surf. Um, a couple of times I've had sets at Irvine where I remember, and it's funny that you say it because I went back and I, I was like, Hey, can I record the set? And now, um, all your listeners are gonna be like, "Cause you suck." You don't hear the. <laughs> no, but it's like, yeah, it was something weird. It's like they now re- they changed they, the system. Yeah, but yeah, I know exactly where it's because they were people were recording for uh, just recording their CDs straight off the board down yeah. there for a while, and then I was gonna do that, and then I heard the. I'm like, I can't. There's no mic in the. Audience. We know what we got to do. So is uh, the we have uh, a setup now mm-hmm. where we've been recording. Because uh, side one did Eric Griffin's record. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We did Eric, Eric Griffin from Workaholics. Workaholics. Thank you. Uh, we did Eric Griffin's record, and then we, um, I w- you know, long story short, uh, we've been doing these recordings, not Eric's record, but different recordings at uh, at the Ice House in Stage Two. And that's go down there with room mics. Jans, they're totally cool with it. They just go. I can't let, you know, I'll open the room an hour early for you. Well, mm-hmm. Is that sufficient? And I, I got it down to an art now that you you just go in there, two room mics, get the mic off of here, or three room mics, hide everything, computer, boom. And, and then you just, you know, you, like when you what you would do, Murray, is you'd headline the night mm-hmm. and then um, you'd have me on the show um, <laughs> just because it'd be cool. And then we would pack it out. And then we would just record it, and it's it's like the next day. It's you you're like you're, you you listen to it, and you're like wow, that's yeah. like really good. It sounds great. That's a great room, by the yeah. way. I love that. Kira and I. And did. they let you do it. And they don't charge you. They're totally cool. Oh no, I love the ice. That's where I got started, actually. So really, yeah. So it's my home club. I consider it my home yeah. club. And I'm I there love a lot. There. Yeah, and I'm glad that they 
made that side room a professional room now, not a... Was it not originally? It was. It used to be an outside produced room, and it was kind of, it was considered amateur okay. night-ish over there, but now Rogan headlines it a lot, Al Madrigal, all those guys, and yeah. me and I Kira did it last weekend, yeah. Kira Saltanovich, yeah. yeah. It's I great. Love, I love that vibe in there. It's great. You ever go home and perform up in San Jose? Yes. Uh, San Jose Improv. Yeah, yeah. Great venue. Um, love it. Everyone up there has been great. When I uh, first started going up there... Um, you know, I also like rented out this like theater called San Pedro Square Theater, mm-hmm. and um, I brought uh, I brought uh, Helen Hong with me. I know Helen. Helen's yeah. been on the show. I love Helen, and I brought Grant Carter with me. So it was like the I three know, of us. I know Grant just ran Grant the other day. Yeah. So the three of us went up there for a road trip. It was great. Um, and you know, I love going up up north to to to, to do shows. I just mm-hmm. I, the thing that was great was um, you know Eric Griffin let me feature for him. Uh, at Cops, and I'd never done Cops. I'd oh, only awesome. been in Cops when it was the music venue when I was a kid. Sure, and it was great. And we did like four nights up there, and mm-hmm. you know, every night he packed it in. Oh, awesome, it was great. Uh, but yeah, I love going up north to do comedy, man. It's it's a blast, you know. Um, and it's cool because it's like you know, you have that connection with the audience just because mm-hmm. like I grew up up there, so you know, people come out that haven't seen me. In, oh, that's yeah, cool. You know. You know, it's funny. I, I usually I have a question that I ask once in a while. Have you ever had anything thrown at you on stage? But um, since you're from a punk background, and that's I don't think <laughs> we have enough stories. Oh my god! <laughs> I've had every. I mean, I had. I remember. I mean, you know, when you know, dealing with going into the vein of like road stories. I was on the way over here. I was like, because I I emailed you. I got some really good stories, yeah, man. Yeah. And, and and you were like, we really like the bad ones. <laughs> and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I've tried to forget those. I know. I, I, know. I, I always write shit down. And, and uh, I was thinking for like worst gigs, you know, like in comedy, you know, I, I'm, I'm such a newbie. Like, yeah. I've been doing this five years, so I don't, I don't have the like, and then the heckler got on stage and fought with me. I don't have that um, story. And you I, will next time you come you on. Know, God, I hope I don't. That's like my, I just, you know, I, I'm not a mean dude and right. I don't ever want to like have that moment where like, you know, I think if I, I don't know, like I, if I think if I think from being in a band and mm-hmm. I've, cause I've had people in bands tell me, fuck you. I hate you. Yeah. I've had people come up to me after shows. Your band fucking sucks. You know? And, and I'm cool with that. I'm like, ah, okay, whatever. like, it never really bothered me. Um, you know? Um, and I've had like, because of being in bands, like I remember, I, you know, I, I always tell the story about, I wanted to get up at the improv mm-hmm. and there was an agent friend of mine when I first started and he was helping me which meant like returning my call once in a while, you know, <laughs> which anyone that's listening, you know, agents and managers can just do everything yourself because they will come around when you are making money and that's, yeah. you know, and then they'll pinch you from the guy that's really been helping you. Yeah. yeah. You know, like that's the, the, truth. The, the friend that's giving you all the shows, that's your manager and your friend. Then the agent suddenly appears that you were trying to talk to five years ago and now he wants to represent you and have you burn your friend. That's how it works. Yeah. It's um, so funny. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> no, but you know what I, was, I mean. I don't know. I don't know. Was that was that a rant that I? No, no. Please, I interrupted. And I didn't mean to. Mean to. But do you agree about the agent thing? Yeah, just how it's like. Oh, exactly. Yeah, no. I it's feel great. all the comedians that are doing well right now have done so much on their own. I mean, obviously, there's great agents and great managers. Sure. I love but, my manager. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. He doesn't listen to this. I don't know why yeah. I'm saying that. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, the days of and I was just watching uh, uh, a Man on the Moon, that really bad movie about Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And how George Shapiro took him under his wing and help form him like Bernie Brill- Brillstein used to do that days are gone yeah those days are over I mean I've I've been a you know like to switch really quick from what I was talking about for a second because it's important um I work with a lot of agents I have great friends at CAA I have great friends at APA uh you know fucking 
I feel like I'm thanking people at, a, at an award show. <laughs> right. I don't want my manager to get bummed. But you know what, though? I really do believe the one thing I love about comedy, though, is that it is very punk rock in the sense that their whole DIY movement from the 80s kind of morphed into comedy up I in here. I do. You know, I don't I don't know if comedians know they're even doing it DIY. Like, I think they just like, I'm going to like, I, I think I think there's so many comedians out there that are doing it. So DIY. Yeah. And that when I see it through my eyes, I'm like, you're fucking punk rock. Man. Right. Right. Like you, you, you put on your own show. You made flyers. You got all these people here. Do you know your punk rock? Do you know that's that total SST? Exactly. Like, and, I, and, I, and a comedian would be like, Kira Satanovich would be like, "Am I punk rock? I don't know. Like, right, right. What does that mean? Don't call me that." You know, she'd yeah. be like, "I don't like that." You know, like, but you'd be like, "You're punk rock," or you know, Grant Carter. I mean, he does all that shit himself. You know, it's mm -hmm. like he's he's a little mini band. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and I don't know if they know that. Just it, for me being a dude from that, I just see that, and I think that's one of the the draws that I love about it. I love that people are doing that. Um. And I feel though that I, st I still feel though, cause you know, I've managed bands and I've been the guy, like when I managed, you know, I managed the boss tones. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, I man, you know, I, I, when I've managed a band, it was my life. Like I really feel like when you're a manager of someone, it really like, I always tell someone that I like when I managed a, when I managed a band, I say like the difference between manager and record label is the band. When you're just putting out their record, they can't call you on Sunday night the record label. They can't call you mm -hmm. because they go, I don't want to bother him. You know, he's our record label. I don't want to bother right. Joe. It's Sunday. When you're managing someone, I'm fucking call him right now. Yeah. This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Call him. I got to find out what's going on. And I feel it like that's the relationship um, that, you know, you want to develop with an artist. I'm sure. Uh, it, you know, I think it exists out there. I'm sure there's great comedy people. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they love, you oh, know, yeah. it's a tough thing being a manager, man. I would imagine. And I, I don't couldn't know imagine if I managing a comic because, Man, I mean, at least with a band, you know, you get a tour, you know, it's 30 days, you know, making 500 a night. Okay, there's a little bit of money that we can kind of keep our ship afloat, you yeah. know? Um, with a comic, it's got to be like, I really believe in this guy, man. I yeah. Hope, I hope it hits for him. And it might not hit for 10 years. Yeah. You know? Well, again, those days are over. <laughs> <laughs> what was no, the thing of, that you were saying, though, before worst gig? I think that's what I was going to say about okay. those days being over. But going back to that, uh, the DIY thing, man, I know, I think a listener named Patrick Hasty, like, like, wanted Kyle to come to his show. Yeah. So he found the venue and sold the tickets. Totally. And Kyle yeah. flew out and did two nights or whatever, and, and, put them up. And the thing that's great though, Kyle, if I'm right, he's managed by Dave Rath, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so he's, so. you know, huge manager. Yeah, and yeah. I love though that they have the relationship that Kyle could go and do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that like that's someone that understands their client. Right. Like, yeah, he needs to go do that. Yeah. And like, uh, Mike Schmidt, I think, and Paul F. Tompkins will be like, Hey, I want to come to this town. When 400 seats are sold, I will come. Yeah. You know, that kind of, kind of sounded dicky <laughs> the way I said it. But he's like, hey, I want to come to your town. Let's yeah. sell some seats. And then, boom, he does that and he goes. Yeah. And then, of course, Mike Schmidt goes and does four hours. That, and that right there, though, that to me is very, that that to me is like like when, we, when you said the, the question a while ago, like, you know, what's the difference between being a musician and now that you're, you know, doing comedy, what's that thing? For me, I don't, I don't really have like a different thought process because I'm just thinking that way. Yeah. Like, like. You know, uh, I wanted to go do Seattle, um, the comedy club in Seattle. You know, you sent the, I sent the email, you know, no response, sent the email, no response. Totally get it. You know, sure, sure. It's a legit club. And I'm like, okay, knew a guy that knew another guy. And they're like, you know what, man, I don't know if it, I go, well, you know, okay. What? And I'm like, okay, what do I do? I'm like, I really want to go there. I think I'm good for like 50, 60 people. Like, that's good. You know, I'm thinking, oh, I could feature for someone. No. Okay. That won't work. And then a friend of mine, I just go, you know, I'm like, okay, who do I book shows with up there? Uh, there was this girl named Lori LaFaver and she's mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know, she books shows, punk rock shows, rock shows. And she's like, there's this little theater called the Ron. Mm -hmm. I think you'll love it. 
went up there. Never, I never wanted to go anywhere else. It's oh, really? 50 seater. It's nice. a 50 seater. They give you the door. Nice. There's a guy that stands out there and collects the money for you. You have to pay the sound man 20 bucks. You have to, sure. And you have to pay, like, you know, tip the, the guy that sits there some money. And then you're like, okay. the guy who sits there gets, he what's gets he get? Like money. 10 bucks? I don't know. You, you know what? He doesn't. That's really, a good gig if you can get that yeah, gig. Yeah, he, he really doesn't want anything. But you just go, here's, you know, here you go. Here, I'll give you some, I'll give you some drink tickets. Yeah. He's like, but I gave you the drink tickets. You know, here you go. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but no, like, you know, and it's this great little room. And uh, the couple times I've been up there, it was cool. And it was, it was like I met this comic named Eric Lincoln Hurst mm-hmm. who did comedy. And I met him at Fun Fun Fest. And then it was like, I'm from Seattle. I'm like, hey, you should be on the show. And then I go, hey, why don't you book all the comics on the show? You booked all the comics. We all went up there. Awesome. And it was great. It was that's like a great. real like, community thing. I loved it. That is awesome. That is really. And I just feel like, you know, that's what I think. Um, I, 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 I think that's what people can bring to comedy um, setting up that own venue yeah. for you to get up and do things. Now it's got to be a lot. Well, this is going to sound kind of dickish, but and I don't mean it. It's got to be a lot easier now as a comedian doing that than it was being an indie punk band totally. to set that up. Right. Totally. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, I'm, but also like when I, you know, like, you know, being a 46 year old man, mm-hmm. it's just easier. Cause you, you know, I have like, you know, when I was a little kid though, I was a little, I was a little kid though. Like I remember my dad, I would live with my dad and I remember I wanted to, and there was a, when I grown up in San Francisco, there was a place called the on Broadway. And then there was another venue called the Mab. Mm-hmm. And this guy named Ness used to book the Mab. And the Mab was like where social distortion would play. And you had to be 21 to get in. I had an ID. I was 15. I had an ID that said I was like 30. <laughs> and it was a military ID. And, it was, and my dad was like, Joe, what is this? Mil-? I, I, you know, I, I right. think he even helped me get it. He was like, all right. And I'm like, and I remember I used to go and the, you know, the people there, you know, knew that, we, but it was different times that the kids in there, everyone sees the band, we all leave. Um, but I remember I wanted to play there so bad. And I remember I would, I would call and I'd leave messages for Ness and Ness is like a, you know, he's my age. He's a 40 yeah, yeah. something year old man, probably 50. And I remember he called my house and my dad answers the phone, you know, and he's like, yeah, can I speak to Joe Sib? And my dad's like, you know, like who, who's this? Oh yeah, this is Ness from the, you know, from the, uh, from the Mab, you mm-hmm. know? And my dad's like, what, what do you want with my son? You know, like, you're, you know, he could tell this is a grown man. He's like, Hey, he's your singer frontline, right? We have a gig on Friday night. We want to know. And like my dad, you know, I, my, I remember my dad handing me the phone. He's like, Hey, they're calling you back. <laughs> so it was like, you know, I always, as a, a little kid, I already knew how to like, you know, like I was always, like, my dad says this, this is what my dad said to me when I was a, a little kid. He goes, you know, Joey, you got the gift. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you get people to do things that they might not normally do. Hmm. And I remember as a kid, I was like, what does that mean? And like, I just, like as a kid, I was always the guy in the band that was able to cold call the club and be like, hey man, um, you know, social distortion's coming to town. And I'm like, you know, if we could open, I'll flyer for the show. And the promoter would be like, all right, I like this guy. Like he's not just saying, hey, can I be on the show and drink all the beer and get in trouble and fuck it all up and then split? like. I'll get my friends to come and then on top of it, like I'll go to the colleges around here and like hand out flyers for the show. And they're like, okay, you can be on the show. Awesome. So like I kind of like as a kid, I kind of learned that. That's what led to starting side one. It was just the same thing. Yeah. Like, no one wants to put my record out. Um, okay, I'll put it out. You yeah. Know? Like that's how we just started doing it. That's great. I mean, I got I have a friend and he's a comic and I, I like I try to help him out, give him some booker info and stuff, and he'll call him twice and be like, Yeah, I didn't call me back. Yeah. I'm like, dude. You got to fucking get on it, yeah. man. You got to. It's tough though, because I feel like I, this, and you know, for people who are listening too, I, I got to preface with, because I know someone's listening like, you know what, dude, fuck this guy. I'm a, you know, either you're funny or you're not. And that's bullshit. You know, either, you know, and I, and I agree to a point because there are so many comedians 
and we could list them mm-hmm. that are so, I mean, I know for me, I can say this, there are so many comedians out there that are way funnier than me, way funnier. And that, that I really believe are like, like on the status of like, man, I knew him when like, right, right. like, and you know, like I see these guys and they're, and they're performing and I'm like, oh my God. And then, you know, you see them all of a sudden they get on bigger shows and then you're like, oh God, man, that, you know, that's amazing. You know? Sure. But I do feel that a lot of times that there's this stigma, um, to like being a comic and letting people know about your art. And I just, I just never have felt weird about that just from being in a band. I don't know if it's correct feeling. I don't know if that's the way you should be. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's like, Hey dude, in comedy, here's the deal, dude. Don't tell people you're doing comedy. They come and see you and then they get excited. Like, you know, don't make the flyer. Don't do the Facebook thing. But I feel I've just come from a world my whole life of just like, Hey man, if we're all going to show up and, have the party then like let's invite some people to yeah and then if people don't like it you know you figure out in your head mm, this isn't good i don't want to do it anymore but i feel that sometimes for comics it's it's hard it's hard to put yourself out there and go hi i'm so and so can i come to the club and do the set mm-hmm. you know and then you get the you know they get the wrong response and then that's like wow i got kicked in the nuts today that sucks yeah. you know? well, does that make sense yeah we know it does it's hard it is i get a lot of flack in the lineup like what people find out i'm in the lineup in the water sorry oh. People find out I'm not the lineup on the bill. People like this morning, uh, my friend Mark was like, why don't you ever tell me? And I'm, but for me, when I go surf, I just want to go yeah. and forget about but it. Even though, though I surf with Graham Elwood. But you know what though? I think though, I think though that there is something about like, I think, um, you know, you don't want to like go to like, I, I think that's smart. Like, you know, like, you don't want to go out and surfing and like be pitching yourself to people to come see you do comedy. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause with comedy too, like, and we all know this, like when you invite someone to a comedy show for them, it's a little bit like you're inviting them to a musical. That's what they think. And then mm-hmm. let's face it. Musicals suck sometimes. And yeah. you're like this. I don't, and then they come once and if it's not a good show, they're like, I did the time. Please don't ask me to do that again. <laughs> and you're like, I totally get it. Right. Right. Um, so it, there is like a method to like, you know, creating that, you know, that, that, uh, I guess like group of people that want to come to see you do what you do. I feel weird about it on Facebook. Like I don't like, like, like with Facebook, like I'll post something, but then sometimes I feel like, am I only like asking people to come and see me do things? Like I don't, I don't want to be that guy that like, Oh dude, another alert from this guy. Right. What he's doing, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. That's, that's, that to me is a weird thing. So sure. it's like, it's a weird thing. You know, you want to promote yourself and you know, have people there, but you also don't want to be the guy like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So do you have any punk fans follow you over into the stand-up? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, when I... Or band fans, I yeah, should say. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can tell, like, uh, when we were up in San Francisco, Eric Griffin was making jokes. Uh, he's like, he'd look at the tables and be like, okay, let me guess, you guys came here to see Joe. You know, right, right. I can tell you got a tattoo on your neck, you don't look like you work, and, you know, what, yeah. like, or he would, like, after the show, like, we did a show together in San Jose, and, and all, you know, it was my hometown, so, like, every night, it was just punkers and people from bands, and, yeah. you know, and older punkers, and, you know, and, and he would just, he would you know, I got him to go out a couple nights. Like, I'm like, Hey, go with me to this bar. And he's like, I don't want to go to the bar. I don't drink. Come on. I'm like, dude, everyone will be, you know, it'll be a good time. So I brought him out and then he was laughing. Cause he was just like, he's like, God, man, I can just, when people are walking up to me, I know they're going to say I'm friends with Joe. You know? <laughs> and it was cool though. Cause he's not from that world. Right. You know? you know, but, uh, so that was cool. But, uh, yeah, man, I get a lot of people from, cause you know, my, my, like I said, I don't tell, I, I'm not like joke one liner. Hey, sure, walked sure. into the bar. I'm going to tell stories about, you know, uh, you know, as a comic, I opened up for Bad Religion mm-hmm. on their 30th anniversary, and it was and t- th- that should be my worst gig story. Wait, you open as a comedian? As you open for com- Bad Religion? I, yeah, yeah. No, let's hear it. Okay, <laughs> nightmare. 
All right. Yeah. You, you know. By the way, I love bad religion. Go yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, love bad religion. Sure. Right now, can I tell you right now? Me and you, we're gonna go see. Let's say we're gonna go see bad religion. Frank's got a sitter. You and I are gonna dive into some beers. We, right, we're right. not on his father's until say eleven a.m. tomorrow. So it's on. Who there did you be, marry? No, I'm just kidding. Be, <laughs> there might even be some uh, Jägermeister ping pong. In sure, sure. Oh yeah. Okay. So you and I show up at I'm bad in. religion, right? Okay. I don't care who it is. Maybe Kyle Kinane. But if a comic walked out on stage, what are you and I getting? We're at middle finger in the air, man. That was me. Oh, yeah, of course. And uh, and it was, it start, you know, Jay Bentley, name dropping. Sure. The, the, you know, I grew up as a kid. I, I opened up for Bad Religion when I was like 15, 16 years mm-hmm. old. I got arrested at a Bad Religion show. You ready for this? Yeah. In San Diego. Really? Instigating a riot. What? Yeah. Dude, still have the police. You report. buried the lead. I still, that's I, the story to I open still, with. No, that's not, really? That, that's not. That's not even the bad part. <laughs> I still have the paperwork, and there, and it's it's crazy because it was when my, I lived with my dad, and he would go away every summer mm-hmm. to Europe. This is terrible too. He would go away to Europe every summer, and like you know, he was a linguist. He was a smart man. He's got right, yeah. papers at Oxford. You know what he says to me? He says, "Hey Joey, come with me. He come mm-hmm. with me." He goes, "You want to see real punk rockers? I'll take you to Piccadilly Circus." You know, I had punk and disorderly. I'm like, Whoa. sure, sure. You know, he's like, go. Let's go to where the Clash started. Let's Let's go and see all the. Cl- I'm like, and I'm like, no, no, I gotta stay here. I'm in my band. I don't. And he'd yeah. be like, what? So he would go away for the summer, and I would just live at his pad. Well, we started doing shows here and there. We got invited to open up for Bad Religion in San Diego. I'm on stage. Um, we're going through our set, and the police come in, and we get word while we're on stage. You know, the the San Diego PD is shutting down the show. And I, you know, had read like, what would Jack from TSOL do? Right. <laughs> you know, what would, you know, what would Ron Riaz from Black Flag do? What would, you know, and I was like, I'm going to have my moment, right? Yeah. And I'm like, you know what, man? We just heard that the San Diego PD want to shut us down. Big roar from the crowd. I'm like, whoa, I like that. Because up until that moment, they hated us. <laughs> okay. you know? And I'm like, whoa, yeah. And I'm like, man, are you going to let them get away with that? And I'm like, whoa, this is cool. And we had a song called Fight Back. Uh-huh. Okay, that's the name of the song. So I go, this next one goes out to San Diego PD. It's called Fight Back. Fastest song we have, Chaos Erupts. I'm like, this is fucking great. All of a sudden, dude, I'm like, whoa, whole crowd going crazy. I suddenly look around where our shirts were, where all the merch is. People are just running out the door with it. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm like, holy shit. You know, cops come in, blah, blah, blah. It's going on. That's Chaos Erupts. I go down, you know, we end, the sound gets pulled. We're off stage, boom, boom, we're hanging out. All of a sudden, it's like a half hour later, and I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, it's just like four cops are just surrounding me, and there's this woman with them, and she has a Winchell's bag of donuts. And mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, who's the mom with the cops? And the cops are like, hey, you're a singer of that last band, Frontline, right? I go, yeah. And I'm so stupid. I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at like, why? Do you, did you guys dig that? You want to take a picture? Yeah. I'm in that mode. Like, I know. That was pretty cool what I did, right? And they're all, you're under arrest. I'm all, what? And it, the mayor was there of San Diego. The mayor? Because she was buying donuts uh, on the street when the police showed up. Oh, that's hysterical. And I always thought it was so cool that she actually never bailed the Winchell's bag of donuts. Like, had it there at the punk rock show <laughs> during the riot. I they I got arrested. It was this thing, and um, they you know basically I didn't have to spend the night in jail. They let me go. I thought it was behind me. Six months later, my dad is at the house, and I never checked the mail. I'm right. you know I'm 17, 18 years old. I don't you know I don't check the mail. Nothing gets sent to my house. All of a sudden, my dad he's like, hey, what are all these? What's this stuff from? We're sitting at the table Monday night football. He's like, San Diego Pete, San Diego Police Department. And he's like, what's? He reads one reads another you know goes deeper he's like what hey can i talk to you for a second what happened on august 3rd and i go what and and i'm like it's october i'm like i don't know right he's like uh 
you're because we have the same name. So Joseph Leonard should be under and he goes, you're under a, you've been cited under arrest for section four nine seven. And I'll never forget. He calls the Campbell Police Department. He goes, oh yeah, um, can you tell me what like that's before Google? <laughs> right, goes, right. Can you tell me what section four nine seven two? And he, and I remember we're both sitting there now because my brain is going like San Diego. What happened in San Diego? Okay, yeah, yeah. He went down there with bad religion. That was cool. All of a sudden, as he's looking at me, he goes four nine instigation of a riot <laughs> in a public place thank you thank you he goes he just looks at me and i remember he just took all the en envelopes envelopes and he just forced him he goes handle this i don't want any more of this shit happen and i'm like and i remember i was like what do i do now and it you know uh, that's awesome best part about the police report when i finally got it and the reason i saved it was it had the police officers detailed report of what happened mm -hmm. and the best part was it's like says what i was wearing uh singer of band you know leather jacket i'm like yes <laughs> bleach blonde hair bandana i was so stoked on that and then his version of the story was the police came in and they asked to shut down the show and the lead singer of the band frontline extended his left arm with the middle finger gesture and shouted fuck you pigs fuck you pigs and even my dad was like you know what I know that you would never say fuck right. you pigs. This isn't like 1960. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you might say fuck you, but you don't. I've never even heard you say Back it. off squares. Yeah, so much. But, yeah, awesome. was, but th the reason that Bad Religion had, like, I, that was when I became friends with them. Uh -huh. They always told that story. So oh, that's I opened great. up for them. As a comedian. As a comedian on their 30th anniversary. Incited another riot. No. Uh, <laughs> Jay was like, come out and tell one of your stories before we go on stage. It'll be great. Yeah. And like, and, and, and I had a story about, you know, when I wanted to see Bad Religion as a kid, I, I, uh, I wanted to see them. They came to town and it was for Easter. It was Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, Italian Catholic, yeah, yeah. trying to tell my dad that I'm going to go see Bad Religion on Easter Sunday. He was like, no, that's never going to happen. But I begged, I pleaded, I like did this whole, you know, and basically my dad found out there was a speech contest going on at my high school. And he said, if you enter the speech contest, which I didn't even know where that room was right, located, right. you know, if you enter it and win it, I'll let you go to Bad Religion. So Jay's like, tell that story. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. So I come out on stage. I think it's going to be amazing. And like, dude, they gave me a sound check. The place is packed. You know, there's 15, 2,000 people. Sure, sure. Blues. I come running on stage. And like the crowd's like, ah. You know, I'm like, well, okay, cool. I think they thought I was like the radio guy to announce like, oh, yeah, my yeah. bad religion. So I go, hey, what's up, everybody? And I start to go into my bit. And as I'm going into the bit, you can just feel all 18 2000 people just suddenly like it was like the tide like like i'm right. like okay this isn't feeling good right now <laughs> and then at that moment though this kid up front this like young kid he just yells out and he's like you know tatted yeah. he just yells out he's all i fucking love you joseph and i'm like rad and awesome. it like felt really good right but at that exact same moment like up in the balcony out of the darkness i just remember hearing at this like that kid ended what he said his love affair with me and then immediately following was a group of guys that yelled fuck you joseph and then that didn't feel good at all no. and i'm like whoa so now it is completely silent and i'm sitting there and i look down at this kid and i'm like wow man i go i hope hope you're not with those guys he's like you know what man if those guys got a problem i'll go up there and make them shut up and then those guys in the balcony go, really? If that kid wants to come up here and make a shut up, have him do it. Crowd goes crazy, dude. And while I'm sitting there, I haven't said anything. I haven't even started the bit. And I'm sitting there and this young dude, I'll never forget it. He jumps up, climbs up the side of the barricade, goes up under the thing. It was like Spider-Man shit, climbs over the barricade. And all of a sudden there's five dudes throwing down with each other. Really? Crowd's going crazy. And then I just dawned on me at that moment. I'm like, 
are there really five dudes fighting over me right now? Like, is that where it, is that what it's come to? And I remember, I remember, I did your maneuver. I go like, I say, hey, thanks a lot, man. I'm Joe Sib. Give it up for Bad Religion. And I did a stage dive. Oh, nice. I did stage awesome. dive. And I remember, I went back around, and Jay Bentley was like, dude, what is going on? I look, and there's like a young kid fighting like 40 year old men up there. I go, I don't know. It's comedy, man. Slammed, slammed the mic down and. Stage dive. I never even got into a bit. Oh, that's even, hysterical. It was, yeah. So that's awesome. Sorry. Joe, man, I want to thank you for coming out today. Uh, Did I talk too much? No, you didn't talk enough. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you know thank what? Thank you for doing this. And I got to say to everyone, too, that um, Marie and I met at Flappers through our friend Brad Stewart. I want everyone to go and check out Brad Stewart's comedy. If it wasn't for Brad Stewart, I wouldn't uh, have learned a lot about stand-up. He really, uh, you know, he was, the, he was the first guy that would actually, like, talk to me about comedy. Cool. And he had to move back home. His dad got sick, and um, I thought that was a really strong move for him to do that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, he's out there doing great. So if you're out in, what is it, Omaha? Is that where he lives? Nebraska. And he's so funny, and I want him to come back to LA, but if you can check him out. And the last uh, shout-out I want to give to you is to you, because we've talked about this forever. Oh, this has been a while. And Since you. probably Flappers. It was, yeah. I think, we, I think we went out, and we, the show, that was the night that the show got canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were all cool with it because we all went and got uh, cheese fries. Yeah, yeah. Remember <laughs> Drink that? some beers, like, totally. Cheese fries with ranch? I'll do this then a set. This is great. <laughs> um, but I have to correct you. We did not, we met once before. Okay. At Del Taco. Yeah, exactly. That's another story for next time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we met uh, after that at, uh, uh, I went with Brad Stewart, by the way, who probably talked to you about music. Um because he got a great taste of music. Uh, I, he brought me to Jesse Mallon. Oh, Jesse Mallon at the Key Club. No, uh, uh, I couldn't go to the Key Club uh, up at the roof. For Jesse Mallon on the rooftop. On the rooftop. 98.7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your DJ, well, your station here is 98.7. So uh, Jesse Mallon, the old singer from Degeneration. Degeneration. Great friend, great storyteller. Great. Yeah, he told. All right, I'm going to, I'm just going to give you this story because he told the greatest. You interviewed can him before I, can the I show. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Um, could could Jesse ever come on the show? I would love okay, that. I'm gonna Jesse. hook that up. All right, hook that up. His stories are amazing. Are you gonna tell the Switchwood story? The, the knife. No, story? I was gonna okay. tell the Joey Ramone story. Okay, which one? Okay. Uh, by the way, somebody mentioned I should have musicians on my show, and so that's why my first thought was Joe Sib. We did a combo. Yeah, yeah. So combined them both. Uh, I'm not gonna tell Jesse Mallon's story because if he well, you know what, let's on work on getting. Why don't we do this? Let's work on getting him on the show. Yeah, let's we do, can do it. That. Yeah, we can have you back because I'm sure I just I scratched the surface. To. I would love to, man. I would um, love to. And I, I want to let everyone that's listening, thank you so much for taking the time to hear me ramble and rant. And um, I have this this thing. Um, if, you, if, if you liked any of the stories you heard, I did this this uh, this CD called True Stories and Bad Ideas. And it's like six. It's perfect for like a road trip. Like if you're like, hey, I got to drive really far and I need someone to go with you. Um, I can be that person via this download. And awesome. if you email me at joesib22 at gmail.com, I will give you a free download. And it's like six stories of stupid shit I've done. Awesome. Like, but there's one great story uh, of turning 24 with Joe Strummer of The Clash. That's like the my most favorite story. I'm going to listen to that on my way to Brea tonight, man. I'll download there that right go. after there the show. Go. That sounds go. awesome. I love Brea. Yeah, Brea Improv is a good one. I'm down there with John Heffern this weekend. Uh, I was calling Brea for a long time Brie. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, terrible with words. I think there's a lot of Brie <laughs> down there. Um, so real quick, uh, my new t-shirts are in. You're going to get a classic t-shirt. Uh, medium. Uh, medium, it's right there. Uh, my new t-shirts are in. They look great. Uh, Stoy Merchandising, the guys who do Walking the Room are doing them now. So uh, I'm really stoked on them. I'll, I'm putting up the link. The link will be up by the time you heard it. I'm putting it up today. And then New York, coming to the New York Podcast Festival 
January 11th, got an afternoon slot, which is great because then all, all my old homies I used to hang out with are going to be around. We'll go out and drink and Huge. have a good time that night. And then San Francisco Sketch Fest on February 8th. I got my date. Doing podcast? Doing podcast. Wow. Doing podcast. And maybe get a stand-up date there, too. I haven't, Huge. I haven't followed that one up yet. So I look forward to that. And as always, murrayvalerio.com, at V on Twitter. Where can we find you? Uh, Joseph22 on Twitter. Or um, hit me up, Joseph22 at gmail.com. Awesome. And he also hosts uh, Complete Control, which I will be listening to... I listen to it every Saturday night coming back from clubs and I tweet at you sometimes. Yeah, no, no, it's funny. You would always, you'd always, uh, and you know that we got moved to Sundays though now. Oh no. Yeah. So um, you'll miss me. No, su- yeah. Sunday what nights, time Sunday? Sunday nights in LA, 10 to midnight. And we're on in Portland, KNRK every Friday night, Denver on channel 933, uh, every Saturday night. And then we are on in Austin, uh, on, um, Austin down there every Sunday night as well. And I have a podcast as well called Stay Stoked, where I just interview random people. There's no rhyme or reason to it. And if you want, you can check out all that at josib.com. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Joe, first of all, for coming on. We're shaking hands right now. Look at that. We are. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Joe. That was so much fun. Uh, Guys, as always, thanks for listening. Hit me with your emails. I I will return them, I promise. Any notes, anything like that, anything you want to follow up on Joe, let me know. And uh, that is it. Thanks so much for listening, um, and I'll see you next week. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great at bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone, one big law and order marathon.